here's the snap, four-man rush, firing downfield, and got a man, rock and roll, touchdown, Texans! Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. There's a sack. Wow, he's bringing down the cornerback. Now, it's Texans All Access. Welcome into Texans All Access on a Tuesday. Houston Texans headed into a bye this week. And we're back. Mark Vandermeer and I plan to do an entire show. Mm -hmm. With the Texans heading on a bye. And you know what? Reasons for optimism for the second half of the season. But, hey, we are... Really? We are also going to talk about what the players and what head coach David Culley had to say before they departed Mm -hmm. and after that Miami game. But first, how was Earl Mitchell? How awesome was he? He was great. I want to clear up my reasons for optimism. Really? Comment? (laughs) Because I want you to find some... You know me. I'm the Norman Vincent Peel of Sports Talk Radio and the Houston Uh Texans. And... I, I'm here for it. I was just thinking about it, that I'm excited to go to Nashville to see the Texans play the Titans. I know what I've seen in the last few road games. I know I haven't seen a touchdown since September. I don't even remember September. But, hey, you know, you're coming off the bye. Maybe you get a little pop off the bye. Maybe you cut down on some of those penalties and turnovers. Maybe you come away with a much better performance. And the Titans lost to the Jets. You have the Jets here on November 28th. The Jags just beat the Bills. Stop me. Anything's possible. Go up there, play your division foe, take your best shot. All right, I'm done with that for okay, now. Okay, that's I a know. good rant. I like Show's it. Show's over. But, uh, <laughs> that's no, our Earl, show. Earl Mitchell was great, by the way. Yeah, you know, he's had so much experience. But to end your career on a Super Bowl, to get a sack in the Super Bowl, I think that there's no better way to ride off in the, into the sunset other than maybe to have won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would but, be better. But the way that he – I didn't realize that he had retired and then come back and then played. So it's I a thought good that was, story. It's, it's, a, it's a great story. It's a good little story that he's sitting at home and eating potato it's chips. 2019. Like I, like I pictured him. Yeah. And then he gets called up, called up. He gets called. He announces his retirement. He hasn't retired yet in September, October. The season's underway. He announces his retirement November 7th, I think it was. Hmm. And he's like, I'm done. I'm done. And then weeks later, gets a call. Hey, we need you, San Francisco. And he goes and plays for them, and they go to the Super Bowl. That's fantastic. That is their only winning season in the last eight years. Mm. Think about that for a moment. It was a good winning season. Now they're having a losing season right now. I don't know what's going to happen there because I don't know what you can point to anymore. You have your young quarterback there. You're not playing him. You're playing Jimmy G. It's not really working out the way you want. I think Jimmy G has talent. Don't get me wrong. They probably have a whole lot of other issues. I haven't dived deep into them because we haven't played them yet, but we will. We will coming up soon enough. Yeah, Jimmy G. I mean, that's that was that's who was under center when uh, when Earl was there with San mm-hmm. Francisco. We didn't even ask him about that. There were I felt like there was there's a part two to that show that we could probably get to at some point. Why did he announce his retirement in November? Why not just wait till the end of the year? Maybe he thought nobody was going to pick him up. Maybe he thought, hey, the writing's on the wall. I'm gonna. This is probably the end of the road for me. I, I right. had a lot of follow-ups. But the good thing is he's a legend. He's going to be around. We're going to get him for shows. I think he doesn't live too far from the stadium either. And so he's very active in the Houston community. He is. Yeah. And, look, being a local guy, uh, you know, Moran Norris is another one. You know, he played for Madison, the legendary Ray Seals. He was here last night at the Taste of the Texans. So seeing these guys around, especially the guys who are homegrown Houston guys, is really fun for me. And the legends last night, uh, you know, I was soaking it up because Travis Johnson was there. 
You got Norris. You got Earl. You got a few of the other guys. Eric Brown, who we've seen a lot around here a lot. A few other guys. Anthony Hill, another one. My gosh. Uh, just great to see those guys last night and wonderful to have Earl on the show. If you missed it, it'll be on the Texans app soon enough. Oh, nice. Uh, speaking of Moran Norris, he actually works out at my gym. Oh, really? He has been working out at my gym out in Bel Air. He doesn't live in Bel Air. He drives way into the city to work out there. And Why? He, 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 he just likes the people there. It's like a neighborhood gym. Yeah. Thanks, Jim and Bel Air. Yeah, it's a neighborhood gym, but you've had a lot of Texans working there were a lot, out there During over the, the lockout, it was like Mario Williams. It was J.J. Watt. It was Brian Cushing. It was Arian Foster. It was Matt Schaub. It was Ondi. Like, I remember not working for the Texans and being annoyed that I had to wait in line for a machine or a squat machine because – well, there's Texans players that need to use it. And I was like, but I was here first. I, I didn't quite understand that. But anyway, uh, but then I ended up getting a job here, and I recognized a lot of them from those lockout years. And Moran Norris, ironically, calls me jaw aerobics at the gym because he thinks I talk more than I work out. Jaw aerobics. To which I say, touche, you actually talk more than I do. And he does. Oh, we have to get him on the show. We have to get him on the show, and Jaw Robics could uh, definitely (laughs) stick. Okay, that's a good nickname. We'll see. You do tend to speak a little bit. I think it makes it enjoyable, but he always comes in and, and wants everyone to admire how slim and trim he's looking. Um, he wears. Oh, oh, he looks good. I saw. I commented. You last shouldn't. Night. You shouldn't because he. He. That's. He's always fishing for compliments. Is he that what it, it is? Yeah. All right. So he does he, work out a lot. Though. I don't normally compliment another man's body. <laughs> all right. But Moran Norris. I saw him last night. I said, "Dude, you are so jacked up. You look better than you did when you played. I bet he's lighter than he was when he played. Yes, he he's lost because some weight. He's got like the small waist now. You know, he's just. He looks like a bodybuilder now. And when he played his fullback, probably had to keep weight on, you know, right. weight and muscle. So I don't know how he's working it out, but uh, clearly he's into that. Maybe more than some other guys, some other former players, although a lot of them do work out. There's another gym, I don't know, somewhere around Bel Air Boulevard where a lot of guys work out, former players, that kind of thing. I'm sure they're all over the city. It's good to have the former Texans around, the legends, as we call Earl them. Earl looks pretty big, though, though, still. I didn't even ask him how much he weighs now. He doesn't look like he's dropped too much weight. You saw him. You saw him at the event last night. Yeah, yeah. There's been no, like, uh, noticeable. You didn't compliment I'm, him on his No, body. I did not compliment Earl. <laughs> Were you just making your rounds? But, you know, it's not like it's not like he's fat or anything, but he was a big he's guy a big when guy. he played. And it's not gonna, like, Earl, you look big still. Like, I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> about that. This is just so noticeable. You almost had to say something with uh, Moran Norris. All right. Well, let's get into some of your hot reads. Tyrod Taylor will remain the starting quarterback. Despite throwing an uncharacteristic three interceptions in Sunday's loss to the Dolphins, head coach David Culley said he spoke to Taylor after the game to try to keep him encouraged, especially when the team returns from the bye and has to face a Tennessee Titans team on the road. I'm, I'm glad that David Culley made the announcement and said he's going to remain the starter. I absolutely hate going into a bye week and not knowing. You remember the days, Mark? Oh. The quarterback, who will be the starting quarterback days? Did I, we? Did... I, I don't li- I like, I just like knowing. Okay, like so starting quarterback going into the bye news that we liked. We liked it that Mallet was going to get a that start. Was ex- keys to the what was it? What the big the big quote of the week was he we've got he he's got the keys to the car? Ferrari oh. or something. Is, was it Matt, a Ferrari though? Matt, Ryan Mallet referred to the offense as his Ferrari. Oh wow, his Ferrari. Yeah. Well, you know the first we were game, excited. the we first were game worked out really well, but you had Alfred Blue running for about a buck 50 against Cleveland. Right. Mallet threw Pretty well. Watt caught a touchdown against Cleveland. That was 2014. And, you know, getting that news going into the bye was a little boost because 
The season before was a disaster. We talked about that with Earl. And this season in 2014 was starting to slip away. Uh, it slipped away early, actually. Then you were kind of getting it back. Uh, at the time, Fitzpatrick was coming off a bad game against, I think it was Philly. And then uh, you had the mallet thing get going for a couple of games. But then he got hurt, and the rest is history. Well, Fitzy came back in that Titans game. This game means something to me, his big pre-huddle speech. That was Buffalo. You're getting him confused. I'm getting confused. You're getting all his former teams confused. (laughs) You know what? In my brain, 2014 and 2015, sometimes I mix those two up because we had a lot of quarterbacks those two years. I mean, I I can't keep them separate because obviously 2014 was Bill O'Brien's first year. 2015 was the hard rock Mm -hmm. or hard rock. Uh, hard Knocks. It was not, at Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> we were at Hard Rock Stadium. Not a fun outing um, in Miami, much like this past Sunday's. But and then 2016 was was Brock Osweiler. Well, so that that and it's uh, that was separate because he was pretty much the starter, or he was the starter the whole year. The thing that kind of bothers me in retrospect about 14 and 15 is I still can't really tell you what the plan was, and I suppose I'd have to talk to Rick Smith and Bill O'Brien about that candidly. Like, what was the plan at quarterback really? Because you signed Fitzy, but Fitzy seemed like a stopgap guy at the time. Even though he's played every season since then, you could have said at the time, Fitzpatrick is our starting quarterback for the next seven years. And, right. you know, he's played all seven. But, obviously, that didn't happen. I'm thinking that um, – I'll tell you what the plan was. What was the plan? I think the plan was – Savage? Savage. But they wanted to do a Tom Brady. It was back in the day when we didn't start quarterbacks as rookies. We just let yeah. them sit and develop and learn. And so they were just letting Savage. They were just biding time they until liked they felt him that like much. he was. Do you remember that draft, that 2014 draft? I do so. Heading well. into it, and we thought, which quarterback? Which quarterback? And there were just a cornucopia of great quarterbacks, mm-hmm. like Blake Bortles and Johnny Manziel, and well, Teddy you know, Bridgewater, Derek Teddy Bridgewater, Carr. Well, those two, yes, but they were not slated to go as high as yes, they weren't. Bortles, Manziel, probably not going to go that high. But we wait, we waited past day one, mm-hmm. and then day two, right? And then it was like when then Savage, when in the fourth round, when is the quarterback pick coming? Yeah, and people were climbing the walls after day two of the draft because you knew you needed one. But it was late in the game. Yeah, relatively. And look, I think their thinking was relatively sound in that hey. Uh, Bortles is not going to be a long-term answer for anybody, really. Uh, and they didn't feel that way about Bridgewater, who's turned out to be pretty good. So you you probably could have had Bridgewater, but you wouldn't have drafted him first overall, right? No, he and went the, he went at the end of yes. end of the first or beginning of the second. End of the first yeah. because Minnesota, Minnesota jumped, jumped, up jumped up to get him. And right. they traded with Seattle to get him. So we were thinking, oh, man, because we thought Bridgewater was going to fall to us that night for the next day's feast of right. picks. But it didn't happen that way. He got picked. And then first pick in the second round, I'll always say this, and I don't, you know, I don't mind saying this about the organization. I really felt at the time that, and I was hoping for the best for Suafila, who is still in the league. But to me, if you drafted Garoppolo right there at the top of the second mm. round, no one would have said horrible Why? pick. No, no, And no. if you flame out with him at the time, no. all right, you drafted a quarterback in the second round. What are you going to do? You know, it didn't work out. I understood not drafting Derek because of all the history. I kind of got that. Now people will say, what, what does o- it matter? But what are the odds? I mean, I just remember thinking the odds of the Texans getting the number one overall pick and they need a quarterback, and it just happens to be the year that the other quarterback that you drafted first overall, it's his younger brother, and you've got this just this history that people yep. just don't. You know, what are the I was just such a crazy it was such a crazy year. But the, my favorite part about that entire draft process was that remember how many of those – 
really big name draft picks we saw walking around in the cafeteria. Like, I remember seeing Clowney and Johnny Menzel sitting at the same table. We were not allowed to take pictures or tweet about any of this because it was all, like, super hush-hush. I remember Jimmy Garoppolo showed up in a suit and tie, which yeah. I was really impressed by it, to meet for the his coaches. Visit, for because his everyone visit. else, because, like, Johnny Menzel was wearing, like, pink pants. And, was uh, he really? I, I remember. You noticed these <laughs> things. All I remember. Or maybe he was wearing a pink shirt and Clowney was wearing pink pants. They were both wearing the salmon color, which I remember thinking together that would make a complete outfit. But what an odd odd color to wear for your job interview. But then I noticed that it's not really a job interview. It's more like a visit. But all guys. I remember is Manziel and Clowney having lunch together they in were. the cafe. And that was a real sight to see. I mean, that was really unbelievable. That was cool. And. I wanted to take pictures and tweet it out and probably would not have gone over big. Uh, Garoppolo, I saw him on the stairs. I saw numerous other guys yeah. in the building that year. It was exciting to have the number one pick. Not that I'm yearning for that kind of excitement again, but you are sort of on a collision course to possibly get it this year if you don't reverse your fortunes. And, look, I'm not into tanking, and I don't really think – I don't want to see that, you know. I go back to Miami, tank for Tua. Well, Tua right. wasn't the number one pick, and they ended up with him anyway. Now, it's not really working out the way they want. They play on Thursday night, by the way, against the Ravens at mm -hmm. home. That was going to be a short week for them. But the point is this. Is there anybody out there that's really you know, blowing your mind as a number one pick selection that's worth losing games intentionally for? Not that they're trying to do that, but I don't want to see it. I want to see them play hard. I want to see them win games down the stretch here. Having the number one pick I don't think is any great shakes, honestly, most of the time. You could say, oh, it worked out with Kyler Murray. Well, it's working out so far pretty well. We'll see where it goes. Baker Mayfield, I guess so. He's playing pretty well, you know, but it's not like he's a franchise changer. At least they feel very solid at quarterback at the moment, right? You know, but how many how many quarterbacks did they miss on before they got to Baker? So a ton. I mean, how many guys have they drafted? Like one overall yeah. with Tim Couch and then first right. round. Anyway, and then second round, down the line, you got Eventually. Colt McCoy, you have Wheaton in the first round. I mean, you have all these misses by the Cleveland Browns over the years. At least they feel pretty stable, although they haven't re-signed him to his second contract. So we'll see where it goes there. And then you have all the other examples. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, one, two. Bye, bye. Mm -hmm. You have Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, one, two. Bye, bye. You know, maybe you're better off getting one of these guys like Tannehill, who was drafted pretty high, but they were able to... The Colts, I mean, the uh, Titans were able to get him later, you know, even after he signed the second big deal in Miami, get him later, and he turns into something good. I'm not saying that's always going to be possible or available, but it's just I'm back to that thinking, DP, where we were pre-Watson, which is quarterbacks come from all over the place, right? Russell Wilson, third rounder. Brady, I get it, sixth rounder, but you can hardly uh, count on that. Yeah. But quarterbacks come from – Dak Prescott, fourth rounder. Quarterbacks right. come from all over the place. Find a guy somewhere. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, the odds are better in the first round, but it's hardly a lock. I think – I mean, I agree with you there. I, I'm most excited about just having a first-round pick again. It mm -hmm. seems like we've not had a first-round pick, but I'm, yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to have a number one overall pick because I think what you gain by winning a few games here in the stretch – is more beneficial than having that number one overall pick. I agree. I mean, I, I just think the it's bad for the organization it's, it's to bad. have the number one. It's pick. bad. Fans don't want to see it. It's hard on the locker room to be losing all these games. I just remember 2013 losing, you know, 14 games in a row. It's just so bad for morale. And at the that that season, you knew all the coaches were gone. Mm -hmm. You knew they were all going to be gone. Like this is very different. I mean, this is like the beginning of this coaching staff's era. And you want you want to be able to see some of these young guys that they were able to draft last year how they do. You want to be able to see them have see them have some success.
on the field. So with that being said, I'd, I'd happily take any first-round pick in the top ten. Yeah. I think that any of those picks could pan out well. But Oh, now I, it has to be in the top ten. It has to be in the top ten. But, you know, I, I – I, <laughs> In all likelihood, it will be. In all likelihood, be. Mark, is probably – I mean, unless something crazy happens. I'll, I'm here for the crazy. I, that kind of crazy. I, but I want a flashy – I want a flashy – top 10 pick you want to go to the combine and be interviewed by people i was so famous that year (laughs) (laughs) kurt warner like all these people wanted to talk to us when i said hey you do an interview with texans tv about what you think the texans they all wanted to talk to us yeah like everyone had an opinion on what the texans were going to do and it was like this pretty big secret i think up until draft night if they were going to take a quarterback were they going to take Clowney? what were they going to do i mean i just want to see a really cool flashy player come out and give everyone a little bit of excitement and hope and then that be the piece that you start building this team around because you've already got some really young players that are showing out you got john renard you got nico collins you got roy lopez you got these sort of guys you got brandon cooks you got some veterans there as well mm-hmm. that you can really start building around but I, I mean i'm just happy i hope the draft is or not the draft the combine is in person yeah, I, I think it will that, be. I hope that we're there. I hope that we can listen to players do their press conferences and really get to know this draft class in person. Well, that that would be nice because you might end up with multiple picks, right? And you might not know nice. it then, but multiple picks. You know, imagine a couple of first, couple of seconds. That'd be really cool, at least, uh, because you haven't had anything. You've had one first round pick in the last four years leading up to this. So that would be super cool. Two second round picks in the last four years leading up to this. So one, two, three. First or second round picks in the last four years. I, know. I mean, the drafts has, have been like, we'll see a late Friday night. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what our draft coverage has been. We've been covering the whole draft, but not with the kind of interest and focus that we will have right now. And you're right about excitement. That's going to fire everybody up. And I think you mentioned some of the players that we should all be excited about. There's no question I'm excited about those players moving forward. You need a lot more with the amount of one-year contract guys you have on this roster yeah. get ready for another wave of 50 plus coming in here in the offseason i don't know how else they're going to do it because i'm including the draft class undrafted free agents and new free agents i they they're not going to re-sign everybody they'll re-sign some of these guys they will but not everybody maybe it won't be 50 but it's going to be a lot of guys on that 90-man roster it's going to be a ton of new guys again and look that's fine because i think they brought in some good players this year and they'll Nick Casario is going to find some other guys around the league who can help this team who might not be high-priced, marquee-busting free agents, but they'll definitely contribute and make a difference. And if you get enough of the young players in the mix and get a quarterback, if it's – look, maybe it's Davis, maybe Tyrod ends up starting again next year because you like what he does down the stretch here. There's so much season to be played, but we'll see. We'll see how this season plays out, and obviously the offseason is going to give you a lot of of excitement. Which which players do you think the Texans – want to bring back next year out of the ones that they've signed to well, these short-term contracts? I, I think there are probably a lot of like, we don't know yet, we got to see more, but of the guys right now that I could say, I, I can't call anybody a lock, but guys, the guys you drafted in the last couple of years, sure. like you mentioned, Grenard and Ross Blacklock yeah. and players like that, Roy Lopez, Charlie Heck, I think all those guys are back, right? But like free agent signings, like guys that mm-hmm. you that weren't Kamu. on the team. Yeah, I, that's, he, I thought of him. Mm-hmm. I hope Kirksey. Yeah, probably Kirksey. I mean, look, I can't speak for that. I hope Justin Britt. I mean, I really like him. Britt would be nice. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't know, you know, sometimes these guys have only so many years left in their career. Yeah. And they, they're like, this is just a stop for me until I go somewhere else and I want to win a ring. Or maybe he somewhere else. He has won a ring, or, though, so maybe. <laughs> but maybe somewhere else or maybe I'm, I'm done. Who maybe knows? he's done. Who knows? Yeah, we, we don't know. I don't know how they're going to, you know, every guy is a different scenario. 
The secondary to me is really mm. one of focus because you have Justin Reed, free agent to be. Yeah. So how do they handle that? How does he handle that? He can hit the market and make a lot of money. And, you know, who knows? Those things are hardly guaranteed when you talk about potential to keep a player. Uh, they're going to rebuild the whole thing back there, right? They have to because a lot of those guys are going to be gone anyway or potentially gone. So there's a lot to focus on there. I think the O-line is one to discuss here, a position group to discuss, because I really thought it would be a lot better coming in. But I thought you'd have, for the most part, you know, four out of five healthy, you know, three you out three of five. three starters out right now. You've exactly. You've got a rookie starting at center. Mm -hmm. You've moved Titus from right – Titus, who did a fantastic job, I thought, at right tackle last year. You've got him playing – left guard, and then you had Marcus Cannon, who you thought would be a right tackle. He's on IR. And then you've got Laramie, who's, you know, the best the best offensive lineman you have on IR as well. Maybe right. he comes back for Tennessee. That would be big to get one, at least one at of least them back. At least one of them back would be nice. I, I mean, I don't know what Justin Britt's I, – I don't. I just don't know what his forecast is for returning, but it seems like Laramie's soon, pretty close. Though. Yeah, Laramie seems close. We saw him out there Friday a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. not, not practicing because he's obviously still on IR, but just out there, which – I thought was a good sign. That would be cool to get Laramie back. This Jimmy Morrissey, you know, Johnny looked at him pretty closely, and I don't think the final review is in. But, you know, there were some moments where, it, you know, it was a rookie starting at center against a tough defensive front in Miami. They, they do have talent on that line. You know, Raekwon Davis is tough. But he saw some good things. So maybe Morrissey can continue to develop. He's a rookie center. You never know. I mean, look, here it's been really a journey at center, right? When you yeah. look at – Chris Myers, you had Steve McKinney once upon a time. You had Mike Flanagan. You had Chris Myers. And ben Myers, Jones. <laughs> yeah, he passed the torch to Ben Jones, who was pretty decent, I thought, but you didn't resign him. And he's still starting for the Tennessee yeah. Titans when he's not hurt. And, and you went to, like, Nick Martin didn't really work out. Greg Mance started a whole year because Martin, after he was drafted, was hurt. And Mance started for you, and he was playing for Miami he this past weekend. Miami. So, mm -hmm. uh, look. It, that's where it's weird. Like, you look at teams that win games with linemen that, really, they won with him playing, but they do. You know, it, it does happen every single week. I see David Quesenberry getting meaningful snaps in Tennessee. Julian Davenport was bouncing around last year. I don't know where he is at is he right now. he with the now. Colts? I feel like yeah, he I think was so. He's, he's a depth guy year. somewhere. Uh, but a lot of guys the Texans have uh, said goodbye to end up playing. You know, Odeabushi was getting some snaps and right. people like that. I don't know, DB. I can't evaluate offensive linemen. I do know when the quarterback is getting bull rushed or whatever, you know, where, you know, it's a complete jailbreak blitz like we saw last week, a bunch of. I think that there of the two position groups that I think is worth investing the money, mm -hmm. I mean, I think O-line and I think cornerbacks. Don't you? I mean, I feel like we have kind of gone through this where you, you, you draft a guy, they do well, and then you don't re-sign him for a lot of money. They go somewhere else. And then it's so hard to replace – a left tackle, a center, mm -hmm. a right tackle. When Derek Newton went out, it was really yeah. hard. Yeah. I mean, just because we drafted, I think, so well in those early years yeah. and then didn't really add a lot of depth that when one of those starters went out, it was like you're scrambling. And then you do develop a guy and you think, okay, fine, we'll just do it all over again. Yeah. It, sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. You can say that about any position. I think you obviously would say that about your quarterback. But I think cornerbacks in general, like, like a Jalen Ramsey. Look how much money a guy like that's commanding. I think if you draft a guy like that, he does well and you like him, you got to shut down corner, you pay him and you keep him. 
Well, you can say all that, but when you start paying it's too many guys. It's not my money, so I can't no, no, say that. No, but it's also <laughs> a cap problem like what Kansas City is going through right now. But they re-signed everybody yeah, I know, to, I know. like, market-breaking contracts. Yeah. Like, you so, can't set the market on, like, three or four different positions. I don't know how the Rams do it because they keep trading draft choices and they keep having to sign guys. Well, it better work out for them. Otherwise, they're going to be, like, there's not going to have a pick till the fifth round. Part of the reason why they <laughs> traded Cooks was they just needed to get out from under the contract. Not that they didn't like him as a sure. player. They did like him as a player. But they knew that they couldn't pay their other guys. They were going to have trouble paying their draft class that year if they didn't make that change. No, you're absolutely right. But you know what? Here he is with the Texans. and No, I know, love him. Uh, I do love you remember him. When, I want him here. When, we, when we did trade for him, there was a lot of talk about his durability and his availability and the concussions. And it seems like of all the of all the players, he seems to be, knock on wood, just so durable, so dependable. He's available for every single game. And no matter who's that quarterback, he's catching the ball. And he, he's a really hard worker. I mean, I, that, that worked out well for the Texans. So yeah. you got a guy like that, keep him. You know, uh-huh. and then and then you build around him. One of the best receivers in the game, no question. Top yep. five guy uh, in catches right now. Do I call him a top five receiver in the league? He's close enough. Top ten, fine. He is awesome. Did you get a chance to ask him about singing in musicals? Not yet. It's coming up. I mean, it went from look. We are we were talking to him about coaching when he retires. I said in ten years or something, <laughs> but it didn't get from that to all right. Recite the first three numbers of <laughs> Hamilton. It didn't get it's to that transition. after the eighth <laughs> loss in a row. Somehow it didn't get to that. We don't have a big, long hour with him. It's like seven minutes, so maybe someday. He is also Monday morning. He's just like, how did we get here? Yeah. Uh, anyway, how did we get here? One and eight. We've got more coming up on Texans All Access. We do have some bright spots and reasons for optimism. Plus, we'll go around the NFL. It's all coming up on Texans All Access. Don't go anywhere. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more. On your Houston Texans. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, We are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. For an in-depth look at your favorite Texans players, don't miss Texans 360, Saturday nights at 11 on ABC 13. Welcome back to Texans All Access. I was just telling Mark during the break, I actually hate talking about the draft, but yet I love talking about the draft because... One, you hate talking about the draft this early in You're the season. It's okay. It's it's okay. We <laughs> haven't even hit the bye week yet. In the 17-game season, mm-hmm. first of all, Tom Brady was complaining about what a long season it is because you have the bye week, and you, it's like week – eight nine and you're not even halfway through the season at week eight it is that is weird discouraging for him i'm like how about discouraging for teams that are one and eight tom yes, brady yes but you do have the games to look they have not clinched a losing season yet <laughs> all right I, there's a percentage chance there, there, there's there's, like, there's mathematically the alive still in the hunt <laughs> still in the hunt i don't think we're going to show up at activity in the hunt graphic boards but uh, the Texans have not had back-to-back losing seasons in 15 years. Ooh. I want people to just sort of s- sit on that a for a moment. Stat. And it's been 15 years since this organization has had back-to-back losing seasons. And the way people talk about this organization, you would think, 
you know, we're like San Francisco, one winning season in the last eight. No, we've had a lot of winning seasons here. I know it's not the kind of winning season you want at the end where you win the Super Bowl, but I like winning seasons. And this year doesn't appear it's going to be one because you'd have to win out to get that done. And based on the way things have gone, you know. Well, I just think, I think that's normal for fan bases. I, I, Tyron, Tyron Matthew, I don't know if you saw this. He had tweeted about the Kansas City fan base being one of the most toxic. Yeah, I know. Toxic shouldn't fan have bases. Done it. Shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done it. But, I mean, I thought, wow, you've gone to a Super Bowl twice. Yep. You've got an up-and-coming quarterback. Yep. And, I mean, people there are complaining. Well, so. well, people – all right, so let's just Obviously, focus they, on that. Obviously, they've fallen well short of expectations for this year's season. Right. And it's not over. I mean, they no, can, it's not. They just got a gift because Aaron Rodgers, you know, went um, immunized, right, <laughs> or whatever. No, because he, he yeah. actually doctor, caught COVID, yeah. right, and that eliminated him from that game, and that was a gift because if he plays in that game, the way that Ooh, game unfolded, yeah. the Chiefs don't look so hot. But the point is that every fan base is going to be upset or certain elements of the fan base, they're going to be upset when you're not performing up to expectations. It's just a fact. It's the NFL. I, I really gleaned a lot the last few weeks because I started listening to the opposing radio flagship station during the week when we play an opponent. Okay. And everybody's lighting up their team. Everybody's lighting them up. <laughs> you know, anything short of perfection, even perfection, it's not its not the right kind of perfection. You know, when the Texans won nine in a row. In I was just thinking that same thing. I thought when the Texans won nine in a row, there was a lot of talk about, well, it wasn't a real opponent. Or, oh, the, well, they were they were not playing their best game. But, you know, the Texans beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. They beat the Colts in overtime. Yeah. Right? I mean, they, they, they still beat teams that are hard to beat in this league. But they didn't beat them the right way. They didn't win <laughs> by enough. They didn't cover. I don't know what people complain about. I yeah. never complain about wins. Now, that was the caution that you had in some performances that weren't great, but you won anyway. You know, some of it's warranted because what happened later? The Colts beat you at home in the regular season, mm -hmm. and then you got them for the postseason, mm -hmm. and they beat you again in the playoffs, and that was hard to stomach. And you lost the game to Philly late in the season where if you'd won that, you had a chance at a bye if you won that in the final game. And remember, they left the field, the offense did, left the field with a lead. Defense couldn't hold it. The rest is history. So, look, everybody's going to get upset about not winning championships, and I get it. So let's just see if they can build this team back up fast. And, and you know, the, this team's only two seasons, less than two seasons removed from a postseason oh appearance. Gosh, which is me. Like when, when Earl was talking about the Super Bowl, the 2019 Super Bowl, I thought, why does that Super Bowl feel like a blur? Oh, yeah, because I was too sick to my stomach to really watch that Super Bowl oh, that yeah, year. Oh, yeah, because that was supposed that to be was, our Super Bowl. That was – we were – I – I don't know why was already making plans for hosting no. the Titans in the divisional round because no, in the AFC and the, sorry the AFC championship because uh, you know the I mean we had a better record than the Titans and we had a lead so um, obviously when it didn't work out that way I don't think I really even watched that Super it's Bowl. it's funny because Monday mornings Johnny and I come in here and we do the show we do Texans Monday eight to ten a.m. and a few times, I think three times, 24 to nothing has come up, like relatively <laughs> early in the show. Because You know it's going to be a not good show when that is the first Because clearly we can't get over it. We have not gotten over no, 24 not, to no, nothing. No. And 24 to nothing didn't last long. I mean, I think I only took maybe one or two commercial breaks while it was, maybe just one, while it was 24 to nothing. And during that commercial break, I thought, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, we can could, you hang this, on this to this could, thing? This could happen. I knew one thing, though, and I'll say this, and I, I didn't say this on the air, but I knew they would have to score 40 or so, like 38 to 40 right. points to win that But we game. thought it would be possible. We put up 24 points so yeah, early I thought, in the game. Yeah, you scored so quickly so early, but I knew that the Chiefs were going to make a run and it was going to get ridiculous because they're that good. That Chiefs team was awesome on offense, and there was no way you were going to keep them down forever, right? I think you helped them along, fumble, kick, the punt where you went for it, uh, you faked the punt. Oh, my gosh. I used to love fake punts. Like, that was one of my favorite plays. But and not at your then, end of the field. <laughs> no, yeah, Get I was like, field this is not how I was envisioning a fake punt. But, no, that was, uh, yeah, that 2019, that was not that long ago. I'll say this. I'll, I will never fault him for kicking the field goal to make it 24 to nothing and not going, at, going for it on fourth and short. Yeah. I don't you – know, at the time, I, I get it. Yeah, you go for it. Make it 28 to nothing. Hey, Take kick the, the field goal. Yeah. It, it's okay. But don't call a timeout before that to get the play or whatever it was right. to, to decide. Yeah, What play? To decide to kick the field goal. Don't call that timeout. That to me showed like, uh-oh, uh-oh, we're, th- we're overthinking this. And it's easy for me to say, I mean, they did a heck of a job that season, you know, getting you to that divisional round. You know, everybody – you know, put their best foot forward in that comeback against Buffalo the week before. But what a roller coaster that even that even that year was such a roller coaster. And even that Buffalo game, I just remember thinking when the Texans were down in the third quarter, mm-hmm. like, is that what's going to happen after this year? Is this coaching staff gone? Because it, I don't can't know. Get, like, I, I literally was having those thoughts. And then, and then, and then the Texans turned around. I was like, I can't believe I was just thinking that like five minutes ago. Well, because it, the place was dead. You were down 16 to nothing. It was horrible. It was a it was a, a home good, game. It, you were expected to win that the game. The year before, you got shut out. Right? in a Well, not shut out, but 21 to 7, whatever it was, in a playoff game at home. You were shut out. In fi- so 15, 30 to nothing. Right, yeah. 2018, you lose, what, 21 to 7, I think, was the final against the Colts. And there you are down 16 nothing. So that's bad, right? That Look, everybody wants to win in the playoffs, obviously. And you got to credit coaches for getting you to the playoffs. But if you fail like that at home on that stage that many times, in a pattern, yeah. that is totally a red flag. You know, and I don't want to get into what's what it's a red flag for, but they came back and won the game. But the very next week, you saw what happened. And then, then it happened. It was and just look, delayed. That, the that pain year, was delayed by a week. That year was a roller coaster ride because, you know, you lost to the Saints on opening night. You had two horrendous losses, one to Baltimore and one to Denver, where you were completely right. blown out of the building. And Denver at home against Denver after beating the Patriots. That was weird. But you did beat the Patriots. You did beat the Chiefs at their place. You got some really solid wins. Chargers in L.A. got some solid wins that year. And obviously the whole thing fell apart. So that's where we are now. <laughs> so, Why are we talking about I don't, this? I don't know, Mark. You know what we should do is Texan story time, and then you should end it like that. Like, and then it all fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few of those. Kids I got are some, like, what an awful got story. Some happier what endings. an awful story that was. I did promise some reasons for optimism. Oh, yes, the Texans are going to be back at home for three games in a row after this Titans game, which will be a welcome relief. It seems like the Texans have been on the road a lot this first half of the season. But coming back from the Titans game, mm-hmm. um, three in a row at home. So. Wait, so we go to Tennessee. Go to Tennessee, then it's Jets, Colts, Seahawks, and then you go back to Jacksonville in Week 15. Okay, that's pretty good. Jets, yeah. Colts, Seahawks. I'm not saying those are all going to be. I mean, I don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Jets, uh, but the Colts are always tough. Seahawks, I'm sure, will be tough because Russell Wilson. It, it is in the realm of possibility to win those games. I'm just here to tell you that yeah. at home. Yeah. To, but 
you know, it sounds things so obvious. To, but, they, but a lot has to change. You got to play a well. Lot of you can't make the mistakes. You can't turn it over. Okay, got it. Uh, could you get what Mills did against the Patriots? If you have Terod in the game, can you get Terod really hot again? You know, get him off this whatever happened to him at Miami, which wasn't him. I get losing or not playing as well as you can. He didn't play well. The offense didn't play well. It was weird how tough it was for them to do anything on offense. I do think that maybe a week off to sort of reset, yeah, Tyrod comes back. He didn't look like himself, I agree with you, because I think the one thing I remember about him was that he was just always calm. He had so much poise. He had a lot of patience, mm -hmm. and that was lacking. And maybe – and he said his, his, the hamstring was fine, which I do think it was the, – the hamstring was fine. I just think it was – I don't know. Maybe he was just out of rhythm. Maybe it was the O line was completely different. So yeah, it, that was he, maybe yeah. he had a little less time than what he it's was. It's hard used to have to. patience when they're steamrolling them their way into the backfield. Yes. I think that's another. Maybe one hit problem. and then you get a little antsy. You think I got to get rid of it a little bit well, sooner. Maybe. Look, I, I can't blame it all on him. I'm just only the guessing. The pass rush was yes. relentless and they blitzed a lot and the Texans didn't handle it well. So you're right. Maybe another week of practice does something, but. I've been saying that for a few weeks now, so let's hope that this <laughs> this is the time it happens. You know when they say the bye week comes at a really good time? Mm -hmm. that, that's all. Uh, that that's kind of always the case. Everybody but, says that. But I do think that let him have the game and then let him think about it for a week or so and sort of get his mind right. I'd rather have won the game. <laughs> well, I am trying to find silver lining. You're yeah. right, because to win a game and go in the bye is it's just so, the best feeling. It's like winning twice. It's like win. it is. The you get to enjoy the win for the worst is winning like a Sunday, and then you got to turn around and play a Thursday game because you don't even get to enjoy it for the whole week. But to get to enjoy a win for two weeks is really nice. But yeah. you know what? We don't have the luxury of that, so mm -mm. we just reset, mm -mm. head in for the second half of the season because it is half over. Which this seems like a really long season because I don't remember us ever having a bye week in week ten. Usually comes earlier. Since yeah, I've been with late. the team, it's mm -hmm. been week seven, eight, maybe nine. What was Jacksonville? It was pretty late, but Which not one? this late. Uh, that was London. London. It was around. We always have had our bye week around the mid-season mark, maybe eight. Maybe it was nine yeah. at the latest. I don't remember ever it being ten since I've been here. But anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll go around the NFL. It's all coming up. Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. The Texans and Amogee Bank are proud to call Houston home. We believe that small businesses are vital to our local community. We're joining forces to help during these challenging times with the Houston Texans Small Business Boost, presented by Amogee Bank. Do you know a small business who makes a community a better place? Nominate them today and they could win $2,500 cash, special promotion from the Houston Texans, and exclusive event invitations from Amogee Bank. Find out more at HoustonTexans.com slash business boost. Amogee Bank, a division of Zion's Bank Corporation, N.A. Member FDIC. N.A. Member F. It's like Netflix, but free. Go to HoustonTexans.com and click listen for every episode of our Texans radio shows. Aaron Rodgers. All the Aaron Rodgers stuff happened. So the latest on the Aaron Rodgers situation is that he apologizes. Mm -hmm. Sort of. He, this is how my kids would apologize if they're apologizing for something. I'm sorry, but? He said, I, I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading. And to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments, Rodgers said. So he did apologize, but only <laughs> for people that felt misled by the comments. Look, I, I, but you I know hate what? I weighing guess it's in. better than nothing. 
Well, well, here's the thing. He was misleading. He was intentionally misleading. And that's that. Anybody yeah. who felt like they were misled? Yeah, we were all misled. Because you were misleading. He was trying to. <laughs> it was intentional misleading. Okay? Right. So that's what happened. If he doesn't want to get vaxxed, fine. That's his personal decision. And then you have to live with whatever the protocols are of an unvaxxed person. And we go from there. What we'll never know is if he was vaxxed, would he have gotten COVID? Right? Because you can still obviously you get You can still COVID. get it. I think what people oh, don't. a lot of people get or Pe- test positive. Right? I think a lot of people, and this is, you know, yeah. I don't want to make it a huge COVID talk, but a lot of people walk the earth who are vaccinated, get COVID, don't even know they have it. COVID leaves them. They breeze through the whole thing. Never know. Maybe because they're <laughs> vaxxed, no symptoms yeah. appear, but they had COVID. Are they contagious? I am told, yes, they are. Now, I'm not. I'm not pointing the finger because how are you supposed to know? The average person, what, are you supposed to get tested once a week? Now, maybe that's the solution in this society. But then you start thinking, well, why take the vaccine? Why don't you take the vaccine so you don't get so sick? It, to me, it's a personal choice. I've been vaxxed. You've been vaxxed. You know, we basically had to get vaxxed to do this job. You know, otherwise I'd be doing this from get, my house. I didn't want to get tested every single day. It oh, was that's more what that. you have to do, right? You got to get tested. Yeah, every day. I mean, you can you cannot be vaxxed, but then you you it's a lot more testing, and I, I just wear the mask everywhere. You have all to the wear time. the wear the mask everywhere all the time. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, that is a trade off. I think a lot of people are like, well, so what if you didn't get vaxxed? It's not a big deal if you didn't get vaxxed. The problem is though, once you test positive, he has to be out for ten days as opposed to just getting. Yeah. Two negative tests within 24 hours apart, then he could have been back. So the, what the, the the problem that I think everyone is having with Aaron Rodgers is the not not being back is the fact that him missing 10 days is huge for his team, and 10 days is the minimum. Well, one win could mean home field advantage or not. Uh, yeah, they were they, that may be already gone. They, they only had one loss. They beat the Cards right mm-hmm. on the road. They beat the Cards. Well, that was a hard earned, very important win. This loss could possibly, down the line, negate that win yeah. for them if they end up a game behind the Cardinals. And there's only one team with a bye this time, this year, with these new, with the new yeah. added schedule. So one it's even team. hard. It's even harder to get that first round bye, which they were in the running for, and they may not have it. And so. what does it mean to play a championship game at Lambeau, right? Oh, if yeah. you're able to host the NFC Championship at Lambeau, look, I know a lot of things have to happen, but it, every win for everybody is crucial. But especially for a team that's going for that number one slot in a conference like they are, mm-hmm. that's really too bad. But, you know, they'll try to get through it. He's an amazing quarterback, and I think people will not forget about this because it'll always be brought up, especially if they're a game short of something oh, really yeah. good like that. But, you know, people are going to enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers play football. I mean, I do I do think it's better when the Packers are good and the Cowboys are – well, I don't care about the Cowboys. When the Packers are good. <laughs> no, I like we the Cowboys love, to suffer. We love watching the good – because Aaron Rodgers, how many more years does he have left to play? I mean, maybe it's not a lot. So you do want to – see. You, it's nice to see those elite quarterbacks get to that next level. All right, also three of Cleveland's four running backs on the 53-man roster have to now tested positive for COVID in the last two days. John Kelly was placed on the reserve COVID list on Monday, and today Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton both tested positive for COVID. Ooh. Now, they could play on Sunday if they get the two negative tests separated by 24 hours because they are vaccinated. See the advantage of being vaccinated? Like you get super. You, you test positive today, you could still play in Sunday's game, yeah. which would be huge. Now, 
The Browns have Jonas Johnson on the roster and Kareem Hunt. He's eligible to return off IR as early as this week. So they do have some options, but, man, you talk about a, a position group that's just been slammed by COVID. And they the need Browns. those guys back. I mean, everybody needs their backs, but Cleveland really does. But to have, like, a big chunk well, of, like, three out of four of them. They're all in the meeting room together, and it spreads. Right, right, right. So, I mean, got to be careful. You've got to be careful, but you know what? They could be back as early as Sunday. And you know what? I think it's been kind of nice this year not hearing all the big COVID. Like, do you remember the Titans last year when their entire facility was shut yeah. down for two weeks? And then all the rescheduling, the mess that. Doesn't it feel like there are more positives this year, but fewer waves like that that right. wipe out a game? Or obviously, we haven't seen or a game Or moving like schedules that. around. Yeah. yeah. It's, I knew there'd be a lot because if you're vaccinated, you can do anything virtually. And doing anything exposes you to the virus, right? Yeah, but, you know, I think when before the season started, you and I, we might have been talking on this show that maybe there will be even more widespread COVID because people are out and about. Yeah. Things are I, opening up. There's fans in the stands. There are people at the games. You're in crowded spaces again. But surprisingly, it's it's been pretty quiet other I, than a few cases here. It's, it's been positives. You know, there's there's positives here and there, but nothing that's been like Denver having to play the game without a quarterback last no, year. We haven't had nuts. that kind of thing. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Texans All Access. We've got Texans replay coming up with John Harris. As uh, we head into the bye, I'm sure he'll do a masterful job of uh, putting together a great show for you. And then, of course, check out our shows, Texans Extra Points on Saturday night, followed by Texans 360. We've got some really good specials for you coming up on Saturday night on ABC 13. That's going to do it for Texans All Access. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. For our best deals of the season, check out the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. With winner-only savings on all Hyundai vehicles and new cars arriving daily, it's the perfect time to get a Hyundai. It's your journey. Own it at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR for up to 48 months on select Hyundai sedans and SUVs. Hurry to your local Hyundai dealer or visit buyhyundai.com to find the dealer nearest to you. Offer ends 1322. Call 1-562-314-4603 for complete offer details.